major contribution of the great psychologist to human understanding is that there appears to be a territory, a, 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 an existence, a postulated existence of some factor uh, to, to the, the human mind, psyche, personality, whatever we would say, that is not sentiently, consciously perceived, aka what has been called the unconsciousness. And um, it, 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 this is something that we don't see evidence of having been a, a, a subject of a study b, 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 uh, kind of before a certain date, before certain uh, people brought it into, certain psychologists brought it into awareness. But uh, it does seem to be a, a, a very uh, powerful idea and it will be worth exploring a little bit, see what we can say sensibly about it. So kind of to give a br brief background, the impression we gain uh, is that there again there's some kind of a uh, individuality that's cognizant that's even sentient perhaps but that oneself is not aware of so for example uh, in the famous psychology textbook principles of psychology by william james he recounts uh, an incredible case of uh, of a woman with a particular psychological condition um and uh, she, she, as she's being spoken with and engaged in a, a kind of conversation with somebody else, a researcher is whispering in her ear, trying to communicate with her "quote unquote" unconscious self, and says uh, and asks questions. For example, says, "Do you have a name?" And it says, and she writes with her hand, preparing the unconscious of what she's doing, unless she was playing a trick. But again, these are kind of we're, we're talking about reputable uh, research here from reputable people, not just uh, hearsay. So we're gonna assume that that's uh, that, that 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 it was legit. Uh, her hand that uh, writes, "No, I don't have a name." So the researcher whispers, "Well, why don't why don't we give you a name?" And she says, "Okay." I think it was something like Adrian uh, in, in this case. Uh, name me like that. So we say that uh, this "quote unquote" unconscious uh, self has a personality. It thinks, feels, reasons, has access to memory, and. Um, Further evidence uh, that the psychologists give is uh, hypnosis. Again, there's uh, certainly much uh, room for doubt concerning many purported uh, instances of this, but there's so much reputable scientific literature concerning hypnosis that that it's it's hardly uh, th there's hardly room to doubt that that it's a real phenomena. But of course, if we haven't experienced it ourselves, it, it's, it's it's very difficult to judge because a person can always be putting a show and, and and it's and who knows who's honest or not for example this speaker called one time uh countering a fella that was supposed to be very very good at at hypnosis and he was able to get people under his control uh very quickly and have them do all kinds of crazy things so i legitimately wanted to to see uh what that was like and kind of i know is a big uh you have to be receptive you have to have the attitudes so I, I try to get myself in that kind of state and, and told myself let myself get hypnotized uh, and uh, he began to do it and say, you know, if you're falling asleep, you're uh, yada, yada. And there's absolutely no effect. But I felt so bad that, that I didn't want to make him look foolish, especially in front of the other uh, people there, that uh, I played right along and did what he said as if uh, as if I did get hypnotized. So the, the people there, they're like, uh, <laughs> what happened? Did you get hypnotized? And I had to say, no, I didn't want to make myself look bad either later, but I could... I could have easily said yes, and then who would be to judge concerning the reality 
of that experience. So we don't know. It could be that every person that that uh, is, acts as if they're hypnotized is um, <laughs> it was acting or is kind of uh, playing along or doesn't want to make somebody feel bad. But it's not that likely that every single case of, again, the innumerable cases as reported in reputable scientific literature and, and as we can see ourselves, uh, that, that, that every single case somebody's faking, every single case somebody's making it up. So we would say it does seem to be a real thing that a person can be made to lose primary conscious awareness of themselves and what they say and what occurs to them and, and yet retain the capacity to speak and to uh, act and do complicated things. Actually, further evidence is, of course, from uh, intoxicants and a much wider range of people do have direct experience with that, that it's possible to get to a state where later we don't remember at all what we did or said or what occurred, could have done something very bad or very good. We have no idea. And yet during that time, we were, we could see videos, perhaps we were fully kind of, uh, we, we could speak, we could do complicated things. Unfortunately, we might've even been able to drive, which we should never, ever do. But later, there's no recollection at all. So, so yeah, even if hypnosis is a little kind of on the shady side, we, we have plenty of other instances uh, of, uh, that, that, that can establish this. So kind of what the psychologists uh, say is that uh, the, this uh, unconscious reality can have a huge impact on the conscious reality and that it can drive us in, in, to, to do and not do all kinds of things that otherwise we would or wouldn't do, and it could rule our emotions and, uh, and so forth. So we want to talk a little bit about that. How can we manage this purported uh, unconscious uh, uh, kind of uh, reality here? So we're going to approach it from a, a conceptual thought perspective as opposed to from a, a psychiatric or, or medical perspective. We don't have authority here to speak from that, from those kinds of points of view, but from a philosophical, so to speak, uh, point of view, we, we should be able to offer hopefully some some useful comments. So, good place to start is, of course, that uh, the unconscious is just a term. By saying a term like that, it doesn't explain anything at all to us. We might as well say blah, blah, blah. it doesn't matter. So we have to actually clarify some kind of existent reality that that exists in a way other than as mere language in order to figure out what we're dealing with here so let's try to do that that logically speaking the fact is that the the only the uh, the sum total of what we are conscious of is the sum total of what we are conscious of so it, it, it if then there are certain influences on us that we see we can't say that we're not conscious of what are we negating if there's certain things that we are conscious of there's certain behavior there's certain speech there's certain consequences and yet there is a logical break concerning that which led to them meaning we see if uh, we're sitting on the couch and we want ice cream we can trace the the causal chain uh, the desire to have ice cream came up and then i went about fulfilling that desire but if all of a sudden uh we want to we run out of the house for no reason and we it can't be for no reason but we can't we, we can't identify the reason we have no idea but with the ice cream we, we saw you know i wanted ice cream so i got it now i ran out of the house i can't say why i just did so we would say then that there is some kind of influence concerning our kind of circumscribed sentient self that is outside of that circumscription so we would say then 
that uh, that uh, influence, if we were to abstract from individual instances of those kinds of influences and induce from them and presume that there's a general capacity, we could then refer to that capacity with the term the unconscious, quote unquote. But again, the term in itself doesn't matter. We can refer to it as X or as Y or as Z or, or anything that we want. Um, our unknown self, the dark side of ourself, whatever you want to say. Uh, so the question is, what determines what, what it, it, the, the extent of our kind of conscious awareness? So here we would have to, we can bring up the fact that number one to us is our self-esteem and is our dignity. So consequently, anything which contradicts the needs of our emotional needs, we are liable to try to expel out of our conscious awareness, out of our memories, out of our thoughts. And uh, as it appears, there's nowhere for these kinds of things to go. We can't, it's not like, you know, they're not using the restroom, let's say. It's not like that. <laughs> Pardon the, the analogy. We can't just get rid of it and that's it and never see it again. So when we don't deal with something like that, it stands to reason that it still has some kind of relation to what we call uh, the, the self, the individuated existence, whatever its true nature may be. Uh, and uh, it stands to reason and, and evidence supports that it continues to exert influence on the self that we are aware of, on the, the emotions that we are aware of, on the behavior that we are aware of. And on the general sphere kind of of, of what we call consciousness or conscious awareness that we are aware of. So the question then is, how do we attain more consciousness? Because it's no fun to be a puppet of the unconscious. Meaning we see, again, the evidence strongly supports it. Uh, and, and Raisin does as well, that it's possible to shrink, to narrow down to, so say, the point of conscious to something very, very tiny. Meaning... Um, Let's say somebody, let's say we actually, we can probably figure this out by thinking of our own self. Let's say we feel great one day. We, if we drink coffee, we drank some great coffee. We got plenty of sleep. And on top of that, we're uh, reading something or listening to something that expands the horizons of our mind. We're thinking about history. We're thinking about thousands of years. We're thinking about big issues. We're thinking about uh, big ideas. Right? So that's one way of feeling. We feel great again. We feel we're thinking about so many things. We might call that an expansion of the sense of self, of conscious awareness, if, if we want to call it like that. The next day, or in a, even in a couple of hours, there's a caffeine crash. We get tired. We get sleepy. We forget all about the big ideas that we were contemplating and the big things like, again, history or something or society that we were uh, uh, thinking about. And uh, what we're left with is just this tiny little bit of uh, this morsel of conscious awareness. Well, maybe we're focused on the fact that we're tired or maybe we have to drive somewhere. We're falling asleep. We should pull over and, and nap. But if we don't, uh, we can experience that. Or uh, something hurts and now we're, we're tired. We're, we're hungry and, and just our big toe hurts. So that's the only thing. So we see that that's what we could, uh, could mean by that. There's an expansion of uh, conscious awareness and a contraction of it. Now, as to whether or not what we might call consciousness itself, expands or contracts is a question, but we do have these experiences and we can refer to them as an expansion or contraction of consciousness or of self or of awareness, whatever we want to say. So it stands to reason that uh, 
it's possible to, to not merely, there's obviously fluctuations in any given person's days from slighter and more narrow points of, of this kind of awareness to, to uh, more expanded areas. But it stands to the reason that uh, one can develop oneself to attain consistently a consistently broader scope of, uh, of awareness and sentience, conscious awareness, again, whatever term we want to use, it's not about the terms. So we say, for example, we, we might uh, speculate that, uh, say, a, a, a rabbit or a, or a hedgehog or a chipmunk is also conscious just like we are. But we would say that it's victim to, well, it's not it's victim, but it's, uh, uh, it's distinguishing characteristic is that it's, its consciousness is shrunk to a tiny little point. It's aware of a tiny little morsel of what there is to be aware of, not of time, not of uh, large expanses of space, not of identity, not of society, not of civilization, not of ideas, not of ethics and morals. It's simply aware of, of uh, the perpetual present and whatever comes into its, uh, its awareness, maybe a, a morsel of food. Uh, now it's raining, I need to run away. Uh, something like this. Right? No sense of I as far as we, we possibly have reason to think. Uh, so it, we would say that that's our, our start as well. We would say babies in some way are conscious as well because they respond in complicated ways to stimuli. And there's certainly a difference between a sleeping baby and a waking baby. So we would say they're, 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 we call baby conscious, but it's that tiny little point of awareness. It's, it's, it's very small. It's very shrunken. So uh, it stands to reason, right, that, that with work and with development, it's possible to expand that sense of self to continually encompass way more to where the needs of the body become, at least unless they're really, really exacerbated, they become of less and less importance where the emotional kind of demands go into the background and consequently a person is left with a much broader and wider scope of awareness and is continually kind of subsisting in that realm of of ideas and and large expanses of time and, and space and civilization and, and all kinds of things, whatever the case may be. So we would ask then, what is it? That, so we would, if, if we want to refer to that as an expansion of, of conscious awareness, we would say what leads to that. And we would say there's a couple of things. I see the physiological factors of, of being uh, alert and awake, enough sleep, good caffeine if we drink caffeine. Uh, but uh, on top of that, we'd say it's a psychological excuse me, issue that we need to not um, do anything which contradicts the needs of our self-esteem and consequently causes us to hide from our own self. Excuse me, meaning a person does something that they think is wrong, right? And um, on some level, and it's too much to deal with consciously. It's too much of a burden. So then it slips into what we've called the unconscious. And, uh, and that's an addition, and yet continues to exert influence. So consequently... That's an aspect of the personality of the character that a person cannot deal with clearly and forthrightly. Forthrightly, oh, I didn't try to pronounce that uh, clearly and um, consciously, right? Uh, and um, and yet, of course, its influence again, as we said, doesn't cease to to be exerted. So then we become more ignorant of ourselves. We become more like an automaton. We become more the victim of of something that we're not aware of we become more like a puppet and our kind of field of awareness shrinks. It shrinks down. On the contrary, if we're honest, sincere, 
Um, and uh, should we try that word again? Forthright. Oh, we got it. Forthright. There we go. Forthright um, and, and so forth. Earnest. Then it, it, and we deal up front with the things that appear in contradiction to our self-esteem needs. We make the right choices. We make the right decisions. We step by step we expand that sense uh, that, that, that our consciousness to so say we reduce the range of our personality and of our uh, 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 that is in the dark what we get uh, again have called the unconscious and uh, bring it out into the open so we see that seems to be the major thing and not merely a question of uh, book knowledge or something like that because we see that if a person that is not morally sound in this way even if they're taught a, a, a tremendous amount of information. They're taught all about history and space, outer space, physics, all kinds of things. It's not going to expand their sense of self because they're still contracted. And consequently, the information will just be like, a, 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 again, like an automaton reciting it. It would say that the, the, it's a psychological foundation that has to be laid. And then a person who gains the ideas of, of say, history and civilization can kind of subsist on, on that level of, of, uh, of awareness as opposed to um, being on, uh, solely concerned with one's body and one's uh, immediate uh, emotional needs. So that's, that might be a way to, to think about it, that uh, if we don't uh, take our moral development seriously, meaning if we, do, if we don't take being honest and sincere seriously, we don't think about what's right to do, and then we do it consistently over a period of time. The range uh, of ourself that we are uh, consciously aware of and that we can control and that we uh, uh, understand what's going on, it shrinks and it shrinks and it shrinks to the point of extreme cases. Again, people that uh, have led morally degenerate styles of life for many years and many decades, there's hardly anything there that can be interfaced with at all, and we see this again. Uh, we, uh, as we understand, a person can do very complicated things while under hypnosis. The reputable cases, at least, uh, or while uh, heavily intoxicated, or even while sleepwalking. So that it, it, without being conscious of it, we see that people are able to lead apparently high-functioning lives, and we can't imagine that there's too much consciousness there present. But it takes a little bit of prodding and pushing to figure it out, meaning even a person like that with a tiny shrunken point of awareness, they still uh, uh, can automatically have pretty extensive conversations potentially back and forth and talk about the weather and talk about this and that, potentially have a job, potentially work. But if we push and we and we begin to, to really probe the depths of the individual, the, we, we then would find out that the person is not is, is sleepwalking. They're not truly awake. They're not truly alert. They're not uh, in touch with the, the full range of, of their psyche, of their personality. And, um, and, and consequently, we can kind of extrapolate from what we see and, and, and try to understand what it's like to, to be a person like that. And probably what it's like is, 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 is what it's like when, again, we're heavily intoxicated uh, or uh, when uh, we feel very tired and, and it's just shrunk. All of awareness is shrunk to the immediate present, to, to something right in front, right? I have to satisfy this emotion. I have to satisfy, I have to feel good, I have to avoid feeling bad. And we say the psychological needs don't go away. Even if our consciousness shrinks to a tiny point, we still have all the psychological needs that we had before. We still need our dignity. We still need our self-esteem. 
So then we, we don't have the tools to deal with it in, a, in the, the healthy, proper way because we're not there. We're not there. We're, we're, it's like we're, again, we're heavily intoxicated, hypnotized, whatever it may be. So we simply react in the, in the typical animalistic, vulgar fashion of uh, anger, rage, hatred, violence, whatever it may be. So it's not a good deal at all. And we see, uh, uh, consequently, that the cost of making poor decisions and not confronting them and not dealing with them is very high. We actually lose our own existence to so say it's no fun at all on the other hand if we consistently do uh, what we think is right and again as it concerns what's right it's not what we read uh you know what uh, on wikipedia this is what's right and this is what's wrong we have to think it's what we believe truly sincerely to be true and correct after we have put forth the requisite amount of thought if we if we do that and then we we're consistent with our actions and, and consistent to what we really truly believe is right, then it stands to reason that we're we're doing what we can here. And if we're later proven to be wrong, or we're later proven that uh, we kind of um, assumed unjustified suppositions, then the if we want to retain our consciousness, we want to remain the, the people that we want to be. We we deal with that up front, forthrightly. There we go. Doing it forthrightly uh, instead of uh, hiding and running away. And uh, that's how we live. That's how we do. And then it's continually uh, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, our consciousness should expand. The range of our quote unquote unconscious should shrink where we should know ourselves more and more and uh, have less and less uh, uh, of us that's unexplained, that's in the dark. Uh, less and less instances of crazy emotions that we don't know where they come from, of crazy reactions, of crazy uh, uh, kind of neuroses and superstitions and and all kinds of things. Less crazy dreams probably also because dreams seem to have, at least again, according to the great psychologists, something to do with uh, uh, these kinds of matters. Uh, And uh, Edge, we should be continually basically stepping out into the light, away from the darkness. It's like maybe we can think of it as a, a huge warehouse uh, or a huge landscape and uh, we at first we have a tiny little flashlight it's a tiny little point of awareness then we expand the flashlight or we get another flashlight or we get a torch or we turn on find a light switch so we turn on a part of it so now part of it is illuminated plenty more in the dark then we move forward again we may find we find some more light switches we'll say we turn them on more more is in the light and so forth and so on until the whole thing or as much of it as possible is in the light and that's our good and that's what we uh, consequently uh, would strive for if we kind of understand what's good for us we we might suggest so we can think about it thank you for listening